Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am so excited to speak with today's guest. They're a Brighton-based award-winning drag artist and a part-time Tinky Winky impersonator. As well as keeping us entertained on the drag scene, they are the host of Living Legends on YouTube, have played fringe festivals and will be in act on the polyglam stage this year at pride just to name a few things i'm thrilled to be talking to the one and only alfie ordinary so whatever you're up to this is your time to settle down relax and enjoy the podcast welcome to queer i am Thank you so much for being my fourth guest on Queer I Am, the podcast. I'm very, very excited to speak to you today. And um, this is one I've been really looking forward to. So I'm so glad that you agreed to do it. Oh, so, I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah. It's an absolutely gorgeous studio. And, yeah, I know. Um, it's beautiful, isn't it? I know. It's so, so nice. I feel so peaceful here. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the time, I, I have to think, all, you know, all the podcasts I've done so far, the time just kind of... It really goes mm. like so quickly, but it, it's it just feels very chilled. It's like oh, just having coffee. Yeah. It's just a very so. I think yeah, the ambience and kind of everything is really important when you're the ambiance. Isn't it? Yeah, the ambiance. Yes. <laughs> but how are you feeling today? Apart from a little bit tired and husky, how's things generally? Things are good. Busy. Like busy. oh my god, it's it's busy. Um, 
don't know. I feel like summer just all of a sudden started. Uh-huh. And then, I, I don't know, there's something about Brighton um, where summer is just constant. Like, there's no weekends. It's just one long holiday. Yeah. Um, and I guess you're, and, yeah. your type of work, though, it must feel like you're kind of on the go all the time. Oh yeah, you've always got to give them the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I am. Um, we were because we were talking last night on Instagram, and you said, you know, wait for your summer, your first summer here. You're yeah. going to have an amazing time, and I have to say, I can't wait. For, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Oh, the summer in Brighton is wonderful. Yeah. I always forget as well, and then like the sun comes out, and suddenly all the tourists start coming, and you're like. Oh, bright! I remember what it's like yeah. here, and like it's just yeah, constant go. Yeah, days at the beach, yeah. lots of shows. We've got the fringe, um, which is all summer, and the festival, and yeah. so oh, there's so much to do. Well, like I said yesterday, you know, coming from sleepy Suffolk and like mm. having the fringe app and all of the different shows, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, there is just so much going yeah, there's on. Thousands of things you can go and see. It's it's good. There's such a good variety as well. Um, so you know, it's. Uh, Thousands of shows, some good, some bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the great thing is, though, it's a platform for everyone, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, you know, everyone gets to have a go. And Open access. Do their th- yeah, do their yeah. thing, which is amazing. So that's so cool. Yeah. So if you had a song to reflect your mood today, what would your song be? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've got to engage my brain now. You must um, have quite a repertoire. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was just listening to, oh, I don't know her name, um, but it, the song's called Making Whoopie. Do you know that one? No. Oh my God. Is Sing it, it for na, us. Na, 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 you're making whoopie. No? Okay. Well, I'll show you it later. Okay. Um, that's part of the show on Friday. I was just putting the running order together. Okay. And that's one of the songs. Is it an old song or quite a new one? Quite an old one. Okay. Um, I think it's like an old kind of classic one. Oh God, no, please don't. If anyone's listening to this that knows where this song is from, they're going to be like, <laughs> shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It's one of the drag queens that's in the show is doing that song. So that's why I don't know any of the words or how it really goes. I'm just sort of, that's the one, you know, it's You'll a nice classically jazz sort of. Of yeah. jazzy, croony sort of thing. You'll make it happen. You'll make well, it happen. We'll we'll see. <laughs> when I was writing this yesterday, because this is a question I asked every week when we're all every time we're recording. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, what would my song be? Because it's kind of like when you're, you know, when you're writing something, you think, well, what would my song be? And then instantly, Step Summer of Love popped in my head. That, that's the summer of love. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way that that song starts, it like I had to take it off back back in the day on my iPod yeah. uh, shuffle. I had to take it off because it would jolt me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a jump, isn't it? Yeah. It starts so hard and I can just see their like musical theatre faces and jazz hands like starting and it just, yeah. it, like every single time I was like, I can't, no, I can't be dealing with this. It's <laughs> quite an intense song, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a good song and it's one of those, I mean, all of their songs are good. They're all quite good, feel good songs. Yeah, did My you manage to them. see them when they were no. here? Oh, no. So we moved the day after they came. Oh. So literally we moved on the 26th of November and they were here the 25th at the oh. centre. Oh my were God. Were they good? I didn't see them. Oh, okay. No, I didn't get to see them either. Um, I was hoping you were going to tell me no. how good it was. No. Well, they're doing a massive <coughs> summer tour this year. Yeah, um, they're still going, aren't they? Yeah. I think at Hove, um, the cricket ground. Um, did I make that up? I think that it's Hastings cricket ground. I think they're doing. I don't oh. know if it's Hove. Oh, if it is, if it is at Hove, then I should be going because that would be amazing. Should we go? We should. Yeah. The steps of the cricket ground. I love the um, song they did with Michelle Visage. Um, oh. Oh my God, what's it called? Heartbreak in this city. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, she does have a very low voice, doesn't she? (laughs) Definitely. She's really cool. So so where are you from originally? Because obviously you're now a Brightonian. You've been here for a while. But where originally are you you from? Oh, I grew up in a small town called Chichester, uh, which is a little bit further along the south coast to the west. 
um, about an hour from here. Okay. Um, yeah, quiet little city. Nice. Um, nothing really going on. Well, it wasn't when I was growing up. There was a little skate park that I went to every now and then. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, and then I sort of moved around, went to different colleges and universities and then ended up here in Brighton. Amazing. Yeah. And so how long have you lived in Brighton for? Seven years now. Okay. Yeah. And still loving it? Absolutely. Do you? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day is different. And it's it's really nice. There's a, such a such a nice community in Brighton. I yeah. think if you really get stuck in, like you've been here a couple of months and you're already, you know, yeah, regular the down the Queen's yeah. arms making podcasts. Regular you know. face at the Queen's. Oh, absolutely. But it's so nice. Like it's the sort of place where you can go out of a day and mm. be completely on your own with no plans to meet anyone and you bump into four or five different people and then you end up having coffee with this person, lunch with this person, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, you know, a lot of the people that I've met have been through going to the Queen, sitting at the bar by myself. Because mm. when we first moved here, my husband was a bit like, I don't really fancy going out. I'm, mm. I will come up with you eventually, but actually I just want to chill and kind of find my bearings. Whereas yeah. I was a bit like, oh my God, this is like queer central. <laughs> I need here. to go out. Yeah. yeah it's very um, good. It's like the pick a mix at Woolworth. So I was a bit like, I need to go everywhere and kind of have, you know, kind of interactions. And and I met so many people just by yeah. sitting in the bar chatting and like me and um, Ant, who's here doing the pictures, we met on Instagram, just like chatting about photography and, you know, it's, it's lovely. There's such a community spirit here where you, everyone kind of immerses themselves and, you know, gets involved. Which I is think really this nice. is what I love about the kind of, uh, the, the drag scene as such here mm. in Brighton is that you don't, there's, it kind of takes the pressure off of going to the pub and socialising because you're all kind of together because you were watching this show and then, yep. and then the performer has a nice way of including everyone and they'll talk to you and, you know, you get to know each other and then yeah. you feel like you're part of a community you could have arrived two minutes ago and you're like, oh, look at all my friends in this room that Definitely. you've just met. And so there's something really nice. And again, you don't have to, you know, it's not weird to go on your own, no. which is so nice if you're new to a place. You can just like, when I moved here, I was just going all the time, all different drag shows, um, just wanted to get stuck in. And, yeah. and it's such a, a welcoming, nice uh, environment to be in. Yeah, um, I completely agree. And we met someone in the pub the other night, actually. Me and my friend Yorel were out having a few drinks and um, this person was there and we just started chatting and then sat together for the night. And it was just, again, it's just, there's a real sense of, you know, everyone's quite welcoming. And, and actually, I think that's quite, I wasn't sure what to expect because when I was younger, and I'm in my, my late 30s now, but when I was like in my 20s and I went to like the, say the scene loosely in, in, in Ipswich, um, <laughs> one, I know, one, one pub that, yeah. you know, but it was very much kind of everyone's on guard. No one's really that friendly. And I yeah. think it's because maybe we're all quite guarded sometimes as queer people. Absolutely. Um, but here it's because there's such a presence and it's such an accepting place. I think that it's just quite, it's more natural, I guess, for everyone yeah. just to be a bit more welcoming. And I don't know if it's something to do with getting older as a queer person, because like, I, I remember when I was like 18, 19, just starting mm. to go out and it's kind of like, Everyone's kind of there looking around, like peacocking yeah. slightly, trying to look really cool and trying to see who they might go home with yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas, yeah. like, I don't know, I feel like once you're a bit more settled in yourself, you go out and you just up for a good time, having you know, fun. making some friends, having a laugh. So, yeah. The is, Vivian um, on Drag Race said that gay <clears> people, when they see each other, are a bit like meerkats. They all kind of look up and then look around and kind of thing, which I think I, is funny. Honestly, the older I get, the more <clears throat> I find myself like giving people little waves and nods in the street, complete strangers. I'm like, if someone's visibly queer, I'm just like, woo wee. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> lovely? Yeah, I like about Brighton or like someone's got a nice outfit on. I'm just like, yeah, you're rocking that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I had my nails done last year, so like I had um I started painting them last year and I mm -hmm. I did um gels and I had the pride flag and the non-binary flag, um, oh, which was amazing. amazing. And I remember like where I was from. 
people would look at my nails going, why has he got his nails painted? This is really odd. Yeah. And then I was on the I360 like proper tourist last summer with my pride <laughs> dungarees, pride umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> my I am gay banner, welcome to Brighton. You went to the highest point to shout, didn't I you? Did, I did, I did, I did. And I remember this guy, he worked there just kind of going, oh my God, I love your nails. And I was just so taken back by it because no one had ever really done that yeah. before. And, yeah. and again, I think, and I bought these really big glasses when I moved here. I look a bit like um, a cross between Dame Edna Pruleith and Elton John. <laughs> just going with it. And I had about three people stop me in the street saying, oh my God, where did you get your glasses yeah. from? They're amazing. Yeah. And like, I just wouldn't have had that in my hometown. So it's, it's, I know, it's so nice. So I um, work a lot in Brighton and mm. if I can, I'll walk I walk to the gig and like in a full outfit and I've never once had a problem at no. all. It's like if anyone shouts anything, they're always like, you look fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, there is, it's, there's a, such a friendly queer place and, yeah. um, you know, like there's, I guess, I guess it's visibility, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, that'll never happen mm -hmm. in my hometown. I don't know about now. I've not been, been around for a while, but um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, there's something so lovely about the way Brighton kind of embraces yeah. kind of all all sort of differences and individualities. Definitely. It's Everyone's awesome. doing their thing and it's just, it's just lovely. And I yeah. think also actually, you know, people in the kind of non-queer community, everyone's so, I, I find very bohemian here and very kind of mm -hmm. um, eccentric and there's just, everyone's doing their thing. So oh, I yeah. kind of, it's, you know, that in itself helps, I think, no end because you haven't got this really like conservative population where everyone's you know on their best behavior doing and wearing the right thing yeah everyone's kind of doing yeah. what they want you know yeah yeah which is lovely definitely i mm. think brighton's got a long history of being a, a bohemian um have you looked into like the history of all the the, no. the prince regent and all the, oh you should really? i don't want to go into it now because i'm worried i'll get it wrong but like the whole pavilion being okay. built as like a palace like a little playground by the sea for the for the royalty to come down and and I know that he, yeah, so when I did, last summer I did the bus tour. <laughs> yes! I love the bus tour! <laughs> I love the bus tour. I love the bus and tour. And I learned that, you know, the IRA tried to bomb, or they bombed the Grand, didn't they, when Thatcher was in it? They did, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. In the 80s, and she got up the next day and still did her press conference. And then I also learned that um, the pavilion, the mm -hmm. music room was like, I think he, the person did the music room for like his love or something. Yeah. And then it was bombed. And it literally just after, I think this is right, just after renovations, it was like bombed and like destroyed or something. Uh. So, um, yeah, tough times. Do you also know there are uh, tunnels from the palace to different pubs? No. Uh, around Brighton so that he could sneak out and go for a pint without knowing and then sneak people back to his house. That's amazing. Without going through the through the streets. Oh and there's also, what's her name? Mrs. Fitzherbert. There's one of the kings or something. I, honestly, please don't quote me on this. Um, I watch a lot of, like local history things on YouTube but I always fall asleep during it so okay. <laughs> like, it's like my go to sleep thing um, but... oh, send me some links I'd oh love absolutely to... yeah. there's a really great one about um, the Brighton Grand actually and how and again don't quote me on this mm -hmm. it was the first elevator in the UK <laughs> yes yes I yes. got it right yes. it was so and it was like they had to advertise it in the paper being like oh, what did they call it it was something Oh, I can't remember, but like moving vertical room or something. Like they could, they didn't have a name for it, um, but it was yeah, it was it was like the first tall building as such, and everyone was like, "Well, how do we get our suitcases upstairs?" And they were like, "Don't worry, step in this." It's amazing, um, and yeah. the Grand is special. Oh, it's gorgeous! It's an amazing isn't it? place. Have you yeah. ever performed at the Grand? Oh, I think I have. Have you? I get confused between the Grand and the Hilton, um, but I think I have. I think yeah, I think I did a party there once played some bingo did you <laughs> as always it's always bingo um yeah i think so okay amazing it was, it was nice you know so brighton what for so i've asked this question to every guest what gets under your skin with brighton do you think i mean we've talked about the community we've talked about how fabulous this place is but i think a lot of people that i speak to 
come here either for uni or for a visit and they never leave. Oh and my it, God. Yeah, absolutely. People so, are there. They come. I, do you know you meet so many people that came for Pride and just didn't go home? Didn't go home. <laughs> they yeah, just they're stayed. Still, they're still here. Like, they came and they stayed with a friend and then the friend is there and then they suddenly they started renting a room. Mm. They get a job and you're like, oh, you, you're still here. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's, it's it's just such a, just a lovely place. I thought when you said what gets under your skin, like in a bad way. No, no. I don't know, like what complaints do you have? So uh, no, I, I think it, I mean, so many people have also said to me, it's a bubble. And I and I really do think it is. And it's like, I haven't really left the bubble. I've been to London a couple of times to see some mm. gigs, but mm-hmm. I've not really left Brighton and Hove for five yeah. months now. Um, and I feel, I do feel like I'm in this kind of like, I don't know, this it is. I get. I get guilt sometimes. We talk about how amazing it is. Yeah. Like as a queer person in Brighton and stuff, and how wonderful it is. And I just I could, like, it's like, oh well, that's because we don't leave and we're having a lovely time yeah. here. And it is a bit of a culture shock sometimes mm. when you go outside and it's like, I find myself checking what I'm going to wear if I'm visiting a different place, being like, oh, are dungarees too gay. I don't know. <laughs> I did the but, same thing in February in London. I went yeah. to see Manly C, Sporty Spice. Love, love Manly C. <laughs> yeah. So it was like the gayest gig anyway. <laughs> Um, and, you know, full of queer people. It was amazing. But again, I was a bit like, oh, and I, I, I took out my pride shoelaces from my DMs and put oh. in more kind of like, you know, low key ones. Because if you're on the tube or you're, you just don't know. And it's you like, we, and again, it makes you realise how lucky we are to kind of live in this bubble where yeah. actually no one really gives a shit, do they? Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, you're wearing your pride dungarees and whatever <laughs> else, just go with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably that's probably maybe that's the thing for me that's under my skin. It's like the kind of actually the safety and, oh, the, and the respect, and actually yeah. that we've all got this like visibility, but we're quite safe as well. I mean, I'm sure there's issues like there are everywhere, but actually, I never really think about not feeling safe here. Yeah, same. Honestly, like like I said, I can walk. You know, the other day I walked home dressed as Tinky Winky. Um, I love that. All up through the town and everything is fine, like um, which is great. Um, so, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> I don't have things to say. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's Brighton's really lovely. Don't get people started talking about the bus lanes, though. Are you part of any of the Brighton like Facebook groups? No. Oh, well, okay. So if yeah, if you like a little scroll, join like Brighton people. And there's the Hanover Community Notice Board. Um, there's some really good little Facebook groups. Okay. And it's mostly people complaining about really mundane things, okay. which is kind of just quite nice it's- to be like, oh, you really, really hate those pot plants, don't you? And they're yeah. like, and there's like 256 comments. People being like, I actually think the new pot plants on New Road are really nice. Thank you. <laughs> and it's like, the Who green time. time like, yeah. And people are complaining about, lots of people complain about Madeira Drive and it not being renovated, which obviously is... Mm-hmm. Very sad because it's a you know nice architecture part of history. Um, lots of people complain about parking prices. Lots of people complain about the bus lane, the new bus lanes going from the old Steen up to London Road. Right, yeah, is a huge, okay. huge topic with people at okay. the moment. Apparently, people keep getting caught and sent fines because they're accidentally in a bus lane that they didn't know because it's only just become a bus lane. So this oh, is I got how... fined last summer. When Did I, you when I, when I in a bus here. lane? Yeah. Well, I, there you go. I, my sat nav took me out, and I got like a sixty pound fine when yeah. I got home. Apparently, you can, um, you can, uh, what's it called, contest, contest it. it. But I think you've probably it's gone past. I paid because I thought they might not let me back in. Did you? Oh, <laughs> I want to come back. That's how Brighton. It's very lovely here, and until you break the yeah, bus until lane you break laws. The law. Yeah, absolutely. My God, Do you know, I once when I was eighteen. Um, I was driving and it was just when they'd brought in the you can't use your phone thing. Uh-huh. So the police were like really hot on it. And obviously like I was like a 18 year old in a little yellow car um, and I got pulled over um, 
and they gave me a ticket. They were like, we saw you on your phone. I was like, I wasn't on my phone. And they're like, okay, well, if you really believe that, then write on the back of the ticket and say that you want to contest it mm. and we'll go from there. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did that literally on that day, mm-hmm. posted it off, and I didn't hear anything else back from it because I thought it was it gone. I yeah. thought they were like, okay, right, fine. He wasn't on his phone, whatever. Um, and then like five years later when I got back from uni, they'd like tracked me down. Because obviously my address had changed a couple of times yeah. from like going to different uni houses and stuff. They'd tracked me down and they'd sent me this massive fine and a court summons. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And then um, I phoned up the number and they were like, oh yeah, well, you've, you've been summoned to court. And I was like, why? Wow. And they were like, oh, but apparently in this year you um, committed an offence. And I was like, what offence? I don't know what's going on. And it was this phone thing. Oh, and so no. I had to go to court um, where the policeman that pulled me over was sat there. He looked so embarrassed to be there. He was just like, oh, I'm busy, man. Like, what, why am I here with this guy? And then and then the, there was like a judge and a, a lawyer or like the lawyer's job was to like prove that I was guilty. And it was honestly, it was the strangest thing. I wish I'd brought loads of friends because I tell them about it and I'm like, you, it's so weird. I was just there, not really knowing what was going on, being like, yeah. I've never been to court. I don't know what's going on. And I went on the witness stand and this like, this like judge, not the judge, whatever, the lawyer or whatever, yeah. the prosecuting evidence. She was doing that thing where she was like pacing up and down, looking at me, being like, so tell me what happened. And I'd like tell her. And then she'd be like, really? Well, I think that's a lie. I think you're lying. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And then, and like, I just told them what had happened. Um, and then... And then the policeman got on the thing and he was like, I'll be honest, it was five years ago and I've pulled over thousands of people uh, throughout my career, so I don't really remember. And then the judge was like, okay, well, we think clearly you're telling the truth uh, and and actually we should all just go home. That is ridiculous. So, what a waste of money. Oh, I know. And then, they, and then they were like, did you have any expenses getting here? And I was like, I don't know, my train ticket. And they were like, okay, we'll reimburse that. And I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have I just been through this whole day of me going to court over this thing like you it was just it is like it could be like some sort of like I don't know comedy music video or something couldn't I, it or you I could was, totally make it into honestly, something honestly it feels like a weird fever dream where I was just how do we get onto this oh the bus fine like, yeah. maybe you need to like make like incorporate this into a show like well, almost just, like a fake courtroom scene and just maybe maybe I like need to bring in my my uh, shady criminal past. Yeah. I, mean, in court. <laughs> I remember I like got dressed up all nice. Like, what do you wear to go to court? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was imagining you know like when the celebrities go to court for like a drink driving fight or something, and, and they're all in a really posh black suit, sunglasses and outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm <imagine> doing that. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. No. So how did Alfie Ordinary uh, get started? How did your career in as a drag prince kind of take off? Oh. um... Mm, I went to university and studied theatre because mm. I was one of those theatre gays. Um, and um, then I um, actually moved back to Chichester because okay. um, I ran out of money. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll move back in with the family. Oh. And then I was just a bit sort of bored and like, oh God, what is there to do? So I literally just Googled like theatre Chichester and they've got like a big, um, uh, it's called the Chichester Festival Theatre. Um, where I was working in the bar and then I saw that the local uni had like a course that was similar to mine that I went mm-hmm. all the way to Devon to do so I you know, could have just stayed there oh, wow. <laughs> Devon? So, yeah I went to uni in Devon wow um, I went to this little arts college called Dartington College of Arts um, was there which, like nothing there as well was it quite oh yeah we lived bleak? on like we lived on an old um, <laughs> bleak <laughs> oh, it, do you know what I mean <laughs> it was very far away um, it was uh, a little place called Totnes and the place called Dartington was built by King James James the second's brother, um, and then it was bought by this American woman who fell in love with 
a farmer, I think. Oh my God, I'm getting all this wrong again, I think. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was this big sort of old estate, yeah. um, which was funny because it was like, uh, it was like a heritage ground. So you'd get sort of people on day trips walking around the gardens and everything. And then you get some <laughs> drunk art students in the, in the other corner being like, we're drawing on these trees. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did that. That was fun. I studied minimalism actually um, wow. for a couple of years. Um, yeah, I got really obsessed with cubes um, and doing as uh, a, the, the, the least possible thing you could do on stage and still wow. make a shirt. I know it was it was quite a time. Wow! Um, and then that all disappeared. I don't know what it was. Um, it may have been that I wasn't comfortable as a queer artist quite yet. So I was like, I know I'll just hide behind this cube uh, and we'll just wear all white. And then, you know, we're just bodies in the space or whatever. Wow. Um, and then I started studying uh, for a master's where I got really into uh, queer theatre uh, and queer theory and queer art and then there was a, a moment right at the start where one of the teachers um, basically said like oh if you're um, if you are a queer person then whatever you're doing that's a, a, a piece of theatre about being queer and uh -huh. then if you're a woman that is a, a feminist piece if you're trans it's about being trans and I was like oh actually I guess you're right And because he was like because you are that person doing that show even if you're doing the same script as this person it's still a whole different context yeah, yeah. so suddenly it went like and I was uh. like ah oh, I'm a queer artist now that makes sense and then I just really hit the books hard Amazing. and started studying queer theatre and stuff and then found drag at the same time and was wow. like oh this all makes sense and started i wrote my dissertation about um the relationship between a drag queen and a clown not like a romantic relationship <laughs> <laughs> um but like the kind of the, yeah, the yeah. different uh the differences and similarities between clowning and drag queens and yeah. how uh, drag is kind of a, a, a queer uh a queer clowning Sometimes mm. I think well, my favourite type of drag. And was, it, was it always was it always like drag prince or did you ever do like drag queen? <clears throat> I did once. Um and I made a really fucking ugly woman. So I okay. was like, you know what? And also I cannot stand wearing long wigs. Okay. I'm just really clumsy. So it just goes in my face and then my eyelash falls off. And I'm like, you know what? Never mind. But you found um, a niche though. Your look is just amazing. Like, I got my bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's wicked. It's so good. And I, I'm just in awe. I, I looked at your Instagram profile pictures and I love the one of you as Ronald McDonald and having your milkshake. And oh, thank you. Just, and, and, <laughs> and like the other day, uh, what was it? National going to work on the bus day. And it was like, you dressed as Tinky Winky on the bus. It's just just incredible. That like, was real. That was me going to the Queen's Arms for a gig. Like, it's amazing. The, because it was bank holiday. Or, or there was a festival or something that just no taxis were around and the lady on the phone was like I think it's best if you just sort of go and try and hail one down and I was like yeah. alright off I go into the streets um, but again Brighton so yeah. It was, um, I was just sort of sat on the bottom deck and then as, and it was obviously like 11 o'clock at night. So there's all these drunk people getting up to go home from the pub and they were like, fuck. Do they <laughs> all start right, singing mate? the Teletubbies theme tune as Yeah, well. <laughs> some of them. You get the ones asking which one I am. And I'm always offended when they're like, which one are you? And I'm like, you should know. You should know, yeah. <laughs> you should know. Tinky winky bitch. Talk to me unless you know. I'm Tinky fucking winky. <laughs> so let's talk about Tinky Winky. So I saw oh, Tinky yeah. Winky, not, not a euphemism, on Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> Tricky. And you were just phenomenal. Like we were just in awe. We we watched you from the side of the stage, and every like there's so many great pop songs you were singing. Um, but your whole performance, like the artistry that you kind of portrayed on the stage, was just amazing to watch. It was so so cool. So I know there's a bit of a story behind Tinky Winky, but can you tell obviously the listener? why Tinky Winky was such a a decision for you? Oh my! I've been doing Tinky Winky for about 
four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something like, I always get these ideas and it takes me a while to, like, I have this like idea and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. And then it takes me a while to work out why. Yeah. And like what the, it's like, I have like mm-hmm. an urge to do something and then I have to like unpack it and go, okay, so maybe it's because mm-hmm. of this and this and ah, it's because of this. But like with Tinky Winky, I remember I was really into the Teletubbies, uh, which is a bit weird because I think I was a little bit too old for it. Okay. Um, uh, 16. I did. <laughs> 35. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have been like seven or eight. And obviously I think it's aimed at like slightly younger children. I remember also I was off sick from school um, once and um, it's like if you were off sick for a certain amount of time, the teacher would make all the kids write you a little card saying get well soon. Yeah. Um, and so they all did that and they all drew pictures of the Teletubbies and I was Amazing. like, I'm fucking mortified. They all know. <laughs> they all know How do they all know? Watching me. <laughs> but I did not tell anyone, like anyone that I liked the Teletubbies. Somehow it got out, it was leaked and then I felt like they were all coming for me and I was like, Mum, I can't go back to school. <laughs> I can't. They've all drawn pictures of, of Tinky Winky and Poe and Lala, and I'm just I'm mortified by it. But um, what was I saying? Ah, oh, yes, I was into it. Um, the Teletubbies. Um, I didn't really have a favourite. I just thought they were all really fun. Yeah. Um, and the outrage about the handbag was um, like just basically like blatant homophobia. Yeah. Like the papers were picking up on it, being like, "Oh, the gay agenda," and like, mm-hmm. "Why is you know why is this um, Tinky Winky?" Uh, man got a handbag what's that teaching our children and obviously like as a actual child I was just like oh what's wrong with him like he's just yeah. kind of like, he's got a handbag and you know like I mean there was never any no. question whether he was a male or female or whatever they were just these like, aliens that tele- yeah, lived in this weird little world like yeah. I enjoyed it such like absurdist escapism and just like sure yeah. they're eating this weird custard sure the hoover's got eyes like it's fine you know of all those weird things the, the, the handbag was the most outrageous it, and yeah, like it yeah. was so and like <clears throat> I don't know it's just this kind of aggressive um, thing and the 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 way it, it's um, I guess it kind of it just screamed of like oh queerness shouldn't be around children mm. it's this thing you have to hide it's a secret it's you know it's not this and you know all this from a really innocent TV show which actually was kind of cutely educational when they had their yeah. their televisions and they you know you'd learn stuff and yeah. and it like you know I didn't read into it at the time but like as I then started like studying queer theory and stuff I got more and more pissed off and being like for god's sake like yeah. no wonder it's hard for people to come out because when you've got you open the paper and it's suddenly it's like oh that shouldn't be around the children absolutely not you're like oh my god I am a pervert yeah. I, have a, I have got something deeply fundamentally wrong with me because Tinky Winky wasn't allowed a handbag mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing so I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to like I wanted to take the character of Tinky Winky and then sort of apply drag to it and make it that kind of outrage. Like, I don't know if you noticed on uh, Saturday night at the show, like, he's kind of a little bit uh, over yeah. the top. He's a little bit... Uh, red nails, red shoes. Exactly. The, the, red nails, the high heels. And, like, I wanted to really accentuate the waist and have that kind of, like, the big pads. And mm. it's, like, completely sequined. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to make that character as outrageous as it was sold to us. Because yeah. I thought Tinky Wink was a very sweet loving kind uh yeah. little alien that just clearly enjoyed good bags you know mm. like yes. dipsy's hat as well was this big camp hat like well i had a scooter exactly there was no issue at all so i kind of wanted to i guess that that just old reclaiming thing yeah and i love that because it's you know it, it's something that's so innocent as you say and you know we we kind of make these big dramas or the mm. media makes these big dramas and actually to take something reclaim it and you know make it as fabulous as it is, yeah. I just think it's incredible. And so 
I think great for doing that. Oh, you. thank you. It's yeah. also convenient to have a handbag uh, yeah. as well to put things in. You know, um, it's amazing. I love the um, suitcase as well. That you oh, pull out the Technicolor suitcase, Dream coat as well. I oh. just I panic pack all these things. I'm like, right, what am I going to do tonight? I don't know. I'll just put my, my, my dream coat in, and I'll put my, my Tina Turner puppet in, and I'll have a mini saxophone. I might need that. Um, What's the Tina Turner yeah. puppet? Because I'm a massive Tina Turner fan. What? Tell me about the Tina Turner puppet. I just have a little Tina Turner puppet. Amazing. We do a duet together. Do you? Yeah. What might, do you say? We do simply the best. Do you? do you? know, I started doing puppets because there was a song that I really wanted to sing as part of my first Fringe show, and it was by Whitney Houston, so obviously it's a big song. Yeah. I couldn't do it, yeah. and so I was like, I know, I'll get a puppet, and they can do the big notes. Right. And then it became like a duet uh, with me and the puppet, and then so I've had... Um, Whitney Houston puppet. I've got a um, Bette Midler puppet. I've got again. It was just a big song, and I couldn't do it, so I was like, "Ah, oh, puppet will do it. It's yeah. fine." And then I've uh, there's a Shirley Bassey puppet somewhere. I think it's in Brighton Museum. No, there's a Liza Minnelli puppet. Wait a minute. <laughs> there's also a Miss Jason puppet and a <laughs> Tavina Sparkle puppet, Amazing. and then Tina Turner as well. And so when you say <clears throat> the puppet does, so do you do the vocals but badly or does do you have like it as like backing track for the puppet? The the backing track is a mixture between like space for me to sing some of it and okay. then the actual voice of like Tina Turner or Whitney Houston. And the puppet is, does that part. Yeah, it's uh, nice because okay. I kind of like ask, like I treat it as if it's the real, uh, yeah. the real one. So I will introduce them like this is a, a big moment. Please welcome Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, and then it's just this puppet. I don't know. It's that whole fantasy world of drag, isn't it's it? Amazing. Where it's like, you know what? I believe that this is Whitney Houston. You're believing this is Whitney Houston. And we're having a good time because we're in the presence of an icon here. Let's do it. Um, yeah, and I always make them have a little meet and greet with people as well. And everyone pretends they're like, oh my God, Whitney, welcome back. <laughs> it's just this little puppet in like a little sequin gown. I think Tina Turner has a tearaway dress as well, which is quite camp. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she did have quite a lot of that. I'm such a, t- a Tina fan. Oh, I, yeah. oh, God, I love Tina. Me it's so too. good. She's still tall. Is she one of the ones that's still... Oh, God, no, no. She's retired. She's got the show in London, the musical. I've never seen it. Have you seen oh, it? Twice. Oh, it's wow. It's incredible. Okay. It's so, so good. I saw when it first opened with Adrian Warren, who was the um, actress from Orange is the New Black. And oh. And she opened it in Broadway as well. Holy so I think she shit. did it for 18 months. But she was incredible. Like, oh, my God. So, so good. And it's like, it's one of those shows where... Um, it's it's like a, it really tells the whole story, which is incredible. But at the end of it, it like turns into like a mini concert, and it's almost like her reclaiming and then going back to be this new superstar. And then she goes up these steps, and then the stage, then almost like um, the lighting makes it look like you're then in the well, you are in the audience, but like the stage has turned round, oh. and then she comes back down the steps oh. in this amazing gown and does oh my God. simply the best and proud Mary and Nutbush, and it's just, it just so. Is it her story? Because some yeah. of some of the like jukebox musicals are. No, a different story. She's music. commissioned the whole thing. Yeah, her and her uh, Irvin, her husband, have commissioned oh, the whole great. thing. I think it's now open in. I think it's in Berlin. Is it Berlin or Hamburg or somewhere? Um, America and uh, London. It's been London for about three years now. Oh my god! Go! It's so good. Oh, honestly. I will too. I will. It, it was. Uh, I made like a, a promise to go and see more West End shows, and then COVID happened, and so we didn't. No yeah. one saw anything for a long time. Um, I need to get back to it. What did I see recently? It wasn't in the West End. I went to see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on oh, tour. Amazing. Alexandra Burke was playing the um, the narrator, oh. which was great because she was doing all like the riffing and exciting oh, style things. Amazing. But also to add on to that, she was six months pregnant. So is she it, pregnant? Is she? Yeah. Because oh. we like you could tell as soon as she like came out on the stage, you could see people being like, "Oh, is she?" Is she? And you don't want, obviously you don't want to ask yeah. just in case. Like, but then um, you saw people getting their phones out and Googling like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so cute. Have you seen Joseph? 
I, I, do you know, I never have. I know the songs because oh, my, oh. my auntie was a massive Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue fan. Right. So he was she, in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had like the soundtracks from like back in the oh 80s. And yeah. I recently read Philip Schofield's book because um, he played. He did. Um, and uh, I think Jason Donovan was, play, uh, was paid a phenomenal amount of money weekly to pay that, uh, to play that. And because... Um, Philip Schofield says that he then had to negotiate and say, actually, I want what he's I getting. I want that, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a really big gig back in the day. Good um, Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wow. I don't know. Yeah. He's still doing it. He yeah. plays the Pharaoh now. Um, oh, Jason. Yeah. Does he? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really funny because obviously he's a little bit older than he yeah. used to be. And he like gets down on his knees and there's a moment where they go, oh, like, what do you, what do you, uh, you have to explain that again. So he has to start the song again. Um, and he gets up and he goes, <laughs> but there's all these women in the audience that are screaming because Jason Donovan's yeah. there. It's, it's yeah. a heart. What what year are you born? 1990. 1990. Okay, yeah. fine. So you would. So it probably would. You'd been about one, I reckon, when his album. I'm looking at Anna, his album. You know, too many broken hearts and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> too many broken hearts in the way. Yeah. So that came out, and then. So, yeah, because they finished Neighbours in, like, 89, I think. They yeah. Cried. And then she brought out, was it Enjoy Yourself? I think that was Kylie's first album. And she had, like, this kind of, like, straw. I remember the hat. I remember the big hat. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember it. I just, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. And then yeah. Jason did Team Broken Hearts <clears throat> in the World and a few other ones. And they did the duet together, didn't they? And maybe you should do Kylie and Jason as a Ooh. duet, as a puppet. Oh, maybe. You know, they're coming back they're to, to um, Neighbours, apparently. Are they? Well, I heard that Neighbours was cancelled. I thought Neighbours was cancelled. And then I also read recently that they're going back into it. So I don't know what's going she on. She doesn't need to do that. What's she doing that yeah, for? Like Kylie, That's more of a Danny territory, isn't it? Not <gasps> Kylie. Sorry. You'd be so shady to Danny. She wore very nice dresses on the X Factor. She did. But she was a bit, I mean, it was, you know, she, you know, her track, like her music was never as good as Kylie's, was Put it? the needle on it is a banger. It really is. I was going to sing that, but the, the needle, needle on it. Yeah, she was, I mean, she was cool, but. She wasn't as good. I mean, she was in Home and Away as well, which was the right. Was also. she? Yeah, she used to go. Oh to the, my god! She'd go to the diner and have a shake with with everyone in some bay. Yeah, I had no idea that she was. She so she literally did her sister's career just a little bit after her. Yeah, well, Wait, isn't she older? No, younger. They, For you, some reason, I feel like she's listening, which is why I'm watching my work. So they used to sing. To, I think they did like these shows. Um, so Kylie was like a. I think she was a child actress, and I think Danny did some stuff too. And I think they did like these kind of like. Um, you know, like Star Search or Star yeah. Sunrise. I think they did some stuff like that in Australia. Right. And then I think Kylie got the gig and then um, Danny. But Because uh, I remember watching Danny on Piers Morgan's Life Stories and she's, and he said, who's the better singer? And she said, now Kylie. But I think she thought of herself as like the better singer when well, they were when, younger. When Kylie first got, came out, I get another YouTube uh, documentary that I've clearly yeah. watched, uh, a video essay on Kylie Minogue's like first bit into pop music and she mm. was absolutely slated mm. that's it it was a documentary it was on itv but it's now on um youtube and it's all about like the pete waterman's hit factory it, thing it, it, that 80s thing yeah where waterman it, waterman stock eight, ackerman and what yeah, yeah yeah those three that basically made all the good songs you know from the 80s yeah all by the same people um and kylie was one of them and yeah, uh, she was slated by the by the the press yeah. and the reviewers, the critics thought she was really shit. And then she went away and like got better and well, then, then came she, back. Like, well, then she Ee! came out with um. So she kind of she she. I mean, she's quite like Madonna, really. She has had some different. I'm looking at Ant now because he's a big Madonna fan. Can't, but she's had the di- <laughs> she's had the different phases. So she did like where the wild roses grow with Nick Cave. Didn't That's she? a really good Kylie Minogue impression you just did. No, no, it's not. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that was like her baritone voice. 
<laughs> I'd love to hear Kylie go down that level. She's more of a, she's more of a, oh, chick mark, isn't she? You know? um, no. That, but she yeah. did like, um, what's that? Um, je ne sais pas. <gasps> yeah, the French that. one. Yeah. 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 And then she did like, um, Confide in Me. Confide in Me is an awesome tune. I don't think I know that one. Confide in Me. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking of going to Frozen. <laughs> do that. <laughs> hey, Connie, you could do like a mashup, couldn't you? Um, if anyone didn't know what that was, that was my attempt at Frozen. Um, we're completely off track here. Now. I thought you were talking about Frozen as in the, the cartoon no, Frozen. As in, like, as in Madonna's Frozen. Madonna, oh my God, I was like, wait, I mean, I've seen Frozen, right? I remember that song. <laughs> yeah, that was the, uh, the, the, the edit or something. So um, we're completely off track here, but this is cool. I love talking about... I'm so um, sorry. Weird. No, no, it's not. I love talking about like Kylie and musicals and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's amazing. So, you, I mean, I've done a bit of research. You have had quite a diverse career. Um, I mean, you've done Edinburgh Fringe, yeah. Adelaide Fringe. Yeah. You've got the um, uh, YouTube show, The Living Legend Show. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously, you, you know, drag and, and performing in London, meeting likes of Adele, mm-hmm. um, gay uh, porn idol. Oh, and all. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what what has been a highlight for you? Because obviously you've, you've ha- you have got such a diverse career, which I guess a lot of people would be really envious of. So what would you describe as a as a big highlight? God, I don't know. Um um, again, there's always there's sort of different things for different reasons. Like yeah. obviously, meeting Adele is really exciting, but yeah. that's kind of like a really quick thing that was just by chance, and it's yeah. kind of you know like it was great to meet an absolute icon. Um, the moment that I kind of it hit me that it was a, like a big deal because she was just she just sort of turned up for a night out and then mm. came backstage where we, I was literally gluing my lashes on as she walked in. Um, Cheryl Hall was there. Um, be like, nah, it's not her. It's not her. It's not her. They're they're, they're joking. And then she like came around the corner. Was like, hello, girls. <laughs> <laughs> she just came and sat with us. Um, and then um, yeah, I was like, oh no, she's she's not going to want any photos. She's having a nice time. And then she was like, come on, girls, let's get a picture. Yeah. And like she was, she, it was like she was more excited to meet us than we were to meet her because she was just like drag queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she was talking about how she wants to be a, a judge on um, Drag Race and oh, things like wow. that because we were like why haven't you been on yet and she's like oh you know it's just not worked out and then um, we were just saying how great it would be to have an Adele song as one of the lip syncs yeah. at the end like you know yeah. like, um, one of the big ones or the, the bangers um, you could make it really dramatic can you oh my god can you imagine yeah. like Skyfall or Set yeah. Fires like, like, they've not done like a, have they done a James Bond theme yet on the runway I don't know imagine that like a, yeah. like a Bond girl theme and yeah. then like a like a skyfall or whatever as the fall you do like a death drop and make it yeah or make, yeah it could be proper yeah yeah maybe um but no so that that was fun um but there were just some really fun fun good moments like honestly um i mean going to australia was incredible mm. um it's very hot out there yeah. doing drag let me tell you I, I how long were you there for was there for a month oh, i wow. went for two two seasons wow um and um i was putting like wet paper towels under my wig just to try and stay cool. Wow. Um, and I found out that um, the air conditioning makes your throat dry. Mm-hmm. So you had to choose between like being able to hit all the notes or being cool. So yeah. <laughs> it'd be like, I would sit and do my makeup and then I'd get to a certain point and then I'd switch off the air kind of be like, okay, I'm just going to have to heat up now and yeah. we're just going to let it. it happen. And um, that was really fun. I did the Isle of Wight Festival, which was amazing. Oh, wow. It was um, it was through the Isle of Wight Pride when they first started. Um, they basically were given um, an hour slot and um, what what was it? There was, there was a local theatre company 
And they didn't tell me all the details. They went, okay, so what we're going to do is um, you're going to DJ for 45 minutes and the first 15 minutes is going to be um, the, a local theatre company doing part of their show. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Not at the festival. Because I was expecting like a, um, you know, like a nice theatrical piece. Turns yeah. out the show was Priscilla Queen of the Desert. So they just went in and did like a medley of bangers um, all in like full drag, massive outfits. Wow. And I was watching like, okay, fine. Yeah, this is great. So yeah. good. And then they all stayed on stage while I was DJing. So there was like Amazing. 10 drag queens and like dancers and stuff. For, like while I was just, I say I was DJing because it was, it was like an hour. I was just playing all the good camp songs just back to back. Um, and the tent, there was about 3,000 people there. The whole oh, tent was wow. just bouncing and like, it was just nice. That must there, be such a good vibe. When you, it was so good. Yeah. And I realised that there wasn't like a queer space in mm-hmm. the festival and looking at the lineup, And mm-hmm. then so it was like, this was like this big kind of drag moment that happened. Yeah. Um, and you could just tell the energy just lifted. Like yeah. them listening to like Madonna and Whitney and yeah. Kylie and, you know, that sort of. Because you've got a gig in like a few weeks, haven't you, DJ? Because again, DJing, I've not mentioned that, but you know, that must be amazing to do. I love DJing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I there's something really fun about being able to kind of like there's such a nice feeling of the energy mm. um, going obviously it's the same with shows as well you yeah. know if you're having a good time they're having a good time yeah. and it's that exchange of love and yeah. um, and it's the same with DJing like mm. if you play a good song and everyone's dancing it's just it's just really fun because you've got uh, the Fringe Festival Night of a Thousand Queens yeah right? which, I do yeah which looks really cool yeah so, I'm very um, excited about that we're doing um, it's doing just at the Spiegel Tent which is a gorgeous venue anyway mm-hmm. um, and I've, I'd, I've I kind of wanted to do this Night of a Thousand thing um, um, uh, where we celebrate all the kind of, all the divas, all the queens, um, the royalty of pop music as mm-hmm. such. So we're going to have drag performers being the likes of like Freddie Mercury Amazing. and Madonna and Kylie and Britney, um, all coming up and doing like little pop-up shows um, and just basically <clears throat> playing all the all good pop music oh my God. Just, um, on yeah. Jubilee weekend, you know. That's Jubilee weekend, is yeah, it? Yeah, so okay. it's the Jubilee weekend, so that's why we're doing it Night of a Thousand Queens. I think I'm going to be DJing maybe dressed as the actual queen because I've oh. got like a Queen Elizabeth outfit. So wow. I think you might see like <laughs> old Lizzie behind the decks celebrating yeah. the Jubilee. <laughs> Woo! One is having a banging time. <laughs> One is having a banging time. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that'd be really cool. I'm going to have to um, come along to that one. Oh, really do. Cool. It'll be really fun. I think it's just, again, going to a club night or go into a space where there's just diva after diva and oh, the songs are just banging it's just like absolutely it always happens like if you go out some nights and you I don't know the, everything's warming up and then there's like an hour or so where it's just like hit after hit yeah. but to have a whole night like that oh, just I hope so I hope it's going to be you know there's actually it was in Australia um, there is a a bar called Mary's Poppin in Adelaide um, and it they had three queens on each night um, and those three queens would pick a diva and they would do three numbers for them so basically like every 45 minutes a spotlight just goes on and there's like someone dressed as Missy Elliott or something like doing a Missy Elliott song and then like and then the next one it's like someone is is uh, dressed as Madonna or you know and like it's just uh, like back to back and then Mm. obviously the music's really camp and there was just something so great about that kind of thing I just wanted to sort of I don't know do something like that yeah it's incredible Um, Jubilee weekend everyone's going to be out past I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't know, when I think about like uh, club nights and stuff, I, I like to imagine like if if you just sort of stumble into a place, what would I like? What would I want to see if I went? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to this night called this. What do I think it looks like? And then it's like, yeah, you know, there. And this isn't a question I've kind of planned, but just thinking about, you know, what you do and your, the, the diversity of your career. I mean, do you, from a well-being perspective, do you feel that your career gives you a sense of well-being and sense of kind of like innate kind of happiness because you are involved in so many different things? It's such a you know, that night and then you've got your drag, you know, there's so much kind of going on. Are you kind of buzzing all the time? Do you, or do you, <laughs> or, or is it sometimes like... Did I look buzzing this morning when I arrived? <laughs> you look flustered for the bus, but you know, that's public, that's public that's transport. It's called busted, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. but you, and I'm not expecting you to always be happy because that's that's a ridiculous kind of, you know, thing to think, but but it must, you must get a real sense of joy from your career. It must be... Yeah, there's something really, really lovely about about um, sort of drag, and I think it's God, not to sound really cliche, but like the community aspect is mm. like the most rewarding thing is that you can make loads of friends um, and just kind of feel like I don't know you're part of something really special. Yeah. Um, but also, especially with the kind of the fact that it's a it's a queer community as well. I it's something that I didn't realize I needed until I was in it, and then was like, oh my god, I can't believe I've been living my whole life like without it yeah. and it's it's um i don't know like the the whole kind of start of my drag was all 
the first show I wrote was all about um, the school experience, like as queer people mm. and how there just isn't really, I mean, I don't know about now, um, but like I grew up literally, I didn't meet any other gay people at mm. all. Like the, uh, anything gay was something that was either scandalous on EastEnders mm-hmm. or like a politician was outed for being gay mm-hmm. or Tinky Winky's handbag made him gay. Like it was all these bad things that it was like, it was supposed to be this big secret. So it was like, mm. when you start thinking like, oh, maybe I'm gay. Oh, oh that's a bad thing. Oh yeah. shit. Whereas like, it's not, I mean, gay is fabulous. <laughs> you know, we have such a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and it's that kind of, I don't know, I guess, you know, it's that kind of queer joy, which mm. I really, really love to give and receive. That sounds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of big, hard queer joy coming my way. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? That kind of like, really? that's what I love. And I love being able to create and curate these spaces where it's just like calm, like polyglamorous. Um, I'm one of the DJs there and one of the producers. And like, yeah. it was um, basically a group of us that we felt we were all dressed up and nowhere to go. And so we were like, oh, let's just make a club night. And and um, we had this sort of color, color-coded theme, um, yeah. which is so lovely because it, it made... Like the spit, like we didn't know what it was going to be. Like we we literally had this this little bar down on the seafront. Um, I think the first one, they think seventy people turned up. Wow. It was a really great night. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, so yeah. good. Um, it was red themed, and I remember we um we saw someone dressed as Santa being carried out because they'd fallen asleep in the toilet. And we were like, <laughs> I think this is a good club night. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this is going to take Santa. off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got something special Middle going of on. July. Exactly. So um, it was uh. Just, it was nice to see everyone, um, the colour brought everyone together, but they were still able to express themselves in any way that they wanted. So you had some people in drag, some people in like fetish gear, some, you know, like people coming as, as they want. And Mm. and that's something that's continued throughout the years that we're we're doing it where Mm. everyone kind of turns up and it's Mm -hmm. nice. You can be in like this incredible huge look or you could just be in like a little red shirt and you're still part of that. It's liberation, isn't it? Commun- yeah, you're exactly. Liberating yourself. I really resonate with what you said and I've said this a few times on to people and, and on this podcast as well was around I didn't realise I missed it until I had it. Yeah. Because oh my God, that's yeah. a def- that's my life has changed so much. It makes me like, yeah, it makes me like it like we talk about the bubble thing yeah. and I always kind of have to pinch myself and remind myself like, oh, it's, yeah. I just want to like go out and recruit people and be like, come, yeah, yeah. come, it's lovely. Like the thought that there are, I don't know, like, have, have you been, uh, you watched Heartstopper? Oh my, yes. Oh God. And there's like, I was reading bits on it. I was reading uh, the locations of where they were all filmed. Yeah. I mean, uh, Slough? I think, uh, was it Slough? I can't know. If there's one bit that's in High Wycombe uh, and one bit, Oh, fuck. there's one bit that is just the Thames, that river. I was like, I know that river. Yeah. That river's in Leeds. And no, it turns out London. But um, oh, okay. I think they deliberately picked quite generic looking places. Yeah. Like the mall. I was like, that could be any mall yeah, in yeah, the UK. Yeah. The cinema, any cinema. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really clever because it made you go, oh, I was there once. And it like, but it's this weird thing. I mean, my partner talked about this quite a lot when we were watching it. Um, that there's this weird, like, you're absolutely over the moon and you feel so much joy for mm-hmm. these characters, but then there's this weird sadness where you're like, oh, no, like, I wish I had that. Like, yeah, yeah. this weird thing, like, it's so lovely to see these, like, just a bunch of queer people having a, a you know, I mean, yeah. obviously they've got their ups and downs, but yeah. it seems like, well, it's just happening. Whereas, yeah. like, when I was younger, which wasn't very long ago, <laughs> but no. some, it there's nothing at all like no. you did not talk about like section 28 had only just finished i was still at school when section 28 was happening so 2003 i think it was, yeah, yeah so like i finished school in 2006 so the teachers it just wasn't a thing no. there were no gay books in the library there was no 
pride. There was no nothing like mm-hmm. that, nothing like that at all. So right. it's like this thing. I remember there being a change from like school to college, literally overnight when mm-hmm. I started college. I was like, oh, actually, no one cares. It's a bit weird. Yeah, um, wasn't expecting that. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. It's it's better now in schools. Definitely, um, but that type of show, though, and I completely agree with you. I think it's it's so um, relevant and so um, it's much needed. I, mm-hmm. I remember years ago. Did you ever watch Glee when that was on? Yeah, I think I watched the first two seasons. So when Kurt meets Blaine yeah. at the school and yeah. they're running through the corridor together, and I remember Theo and I looking at each other, just going, "Oh my god! Like, what would school have been like if we'd have had oh, that?" No, you know. Um, and I've got you know nieces and nephews, and um, I've got two younger ones who are like. Uh, 11 and 10 and they know no different you know with their gay uncles and you know but then I've got my um my older niece and nephew 19 and 17 and they've got us but they've also got their kind of gay elder uncles who were their mum's uncles from oh London my God, amazing. they've been together since the 50s wow so oh. so they've always grown up just kind of not knowing any different yeah. and last night I was talking to my nephew and he was talking about his non-binary friend and he was them they just all the right language. And I said, Donald, I'm so proud of you. Like, oh, just for so being good. open. And he's like, well, we just that. He said, hey, when it's not hard, is it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, but, but, but <laughs> listen actually, to the children. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's like, he's like, it's just changing the pronouns. I'm like, yeah, but you don't realize actually oh, how I amazing know. that is to hear. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know? So I remember this was actually a little while ago. I remember um, meeting up with a friend that I went to school with. Um, and then I think her child was about four years old, mm. maybe five. Um, and she, he, he was really obsessed with tractors or something at mm-hmm. the time. And then she said, like, oh, when you're older, do you want a tractor for you and your wife? And he literally turned around and went, oh, husband. Amazing. And I was like, oh. I was like, like little tears welling up. Like, there's five-year-old. Yeah. I just... No, do you know what I mean? No, it's like and, and, it is taught behavior, isn't it? Yeah. The prejudice, Binaries homophobia, and, all that. It's all yeah, taught yeah. because the kids don't give a shit at all. No. And like, this is again the thing. This is why I get passionate and like why most of my kind of drag and work is channeled through like kids' characters. And I was looking at school, is because like there's this whole thing of like, we mustn't teach that. Like in America, don't say gay is still, it's they're ridiculous. trying to make it happen. And it's like, why? What are you so afraid of? I know, I know. Um, and, it's, and it's like, what? Well, I just really, I want to shake people sometimes and just go, and you banning this isn't yeah. going to change who people are. No, like, no, are you stupid? No. I just, I just don't get it. It's just, yeah. yeah. And people kicking off about drag queen story time. It's like, this is, this is a fun character that's yeah. come to read your children some stories. Yeah. Like, like, come on, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, but I think so. more people like you and, you know, even like this podcast or, you know, literature, TV shows, whatever, things out there I where people so. are telling their stories, I think it, it does keep making the change. It's a really good thing. Yeah, I hope so. so. In in terms of, I'm, I'm, I'm always really interested in queer journeys as well. So how would you describe your queer journey in terms of understanding who you were, coming out, kind of living your truth? Was it quite a, simp- a simple process or was it? Oh, was I it don't some- know. Um... Gosh, it feels it feels like it's a long time ago now. I guess <laughs> I can't remember. Like in my days, <laughs> um, no. I mean, it was like the mid two thousands when I was a teenager. Um, so the internet had just started. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, oh, fucking hell, I feel so old. <laughs> and we, but we still we still had to do the dial-up. So, um, oh, did you? Yeah, I remember having the dial-up. And I remember not yeah. being able to use the landline phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, you couldn't use the landline if the, the internet was on. So yeah, you'd be chatting you on MSN. It, it sounded funny, didn't it? Yeah, and, and then like your mum would go pick up the phone. And you'd be like, Mom, 
I've been disconnected. Yeah, I was yeah. chatting to my friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole kind of journey, like again, watching Heartstopper brought it all back. Mm. I was just like, oh my God, if I wanted to connect with any other gay people, I had to go onto like some website and like try and find someone that maybe lived nearby. Yeah. Remember the nearest, per- like the nearest gay person when I was a teenager was like, miles away in like a different city mm. but you'd still be like hi yeah. hey because you felt like you were the only person within like a 50 mile radius that might possibly be gay yeah, yeah, yeah. um what are your experiences like that because i remember when i was like i came out in 2004 so i was 19 oh right yeah um, so i need to cough this is really do it <clears throat> keeping it real um <laughs> but you know um so so when i came out and then gaydar was the website that was used it yeah. was like a it was was it like a dating app or was it just like a like a Almost like a gay Facebook of its time, I yeah. guess. But I just remember being so, like, I don't know, I just felt like, oh, everyone's going to be really nice and speak <laughs> to us. And I was going, so I'd be having nice conversations going, hi, do you fancy coffee sometimes? And like everyone just They're wanted like, to meet, either meet for sex yeah. or just like send me some pictures. And so I was a bit like, oh, wow, this is a really tough gig. It's like, you know, people are really not what you want them to be. And, and I always just wanted to like find love and just meet people and, have great conversations. So yeah. What was it like for you reaching out to those people and trying to make oh, the same thing? It same, was okay. like it was. Yeah, it was this again. Not to go back to Heartstopper, but I've yeah, just no. watched it. Yeah, yeah. But there, I've not finished it yet. But there was no like sex scene. Now I know that they're school kids, but like any other like gay film or anything would always be like building up to the moment that they had sex. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I was this one, they were just having a nice day. They were just boyfriends yeah. doing a, norm, a very normal, like, oh, I don't know. Have you seen the bit in the snow yet? Yes. Oh. I've just not watched the last one. I, I, yeah, I do this sometimes where if I really enjoy something, I'm like, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to finish. finish so it. yeah. it's been like a few weeks now and then we've not quite done the last episode. It's so had I'm, 29 million views in one week. Jesus. Oh, no, 29, 29 million hours of streaming in one week, Heartstopper. It's incredible. It's good. It's really good. I really yeah. enjoy it. Like I said, it made me sad. Uh, what's the... We were reading a review of it and it said something like, um, like you're enjoying it, but you're also mourning like a teenage life that you didn't have. Uh, yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. And so many people that I spoke to were like, yeah, it wasn't like it for me. And like, there were moments when I was kind of getting angry with it, being like, this isn't real. This isn't real. That wouldn't be happening. They wouldn't be kissing now. They wouldn't be like this. And, mm. he, you know, he wouldn't go around his house. And like, because but maybe they would now, though. But they that's the for thing. Us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, like, when I was younger, like, I avoided boys because mm. I didn't want them to think I fancied them, yeah, which actually yeah. made it quite clear that I was very gay. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. Like, no, I can't look I you can't in the look eye. At you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very safe with all these girls. <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm really cool. Um, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it was yeah. it kind of nice just to see these like two people just connect on mm. a platonic level before yeah. it became anything else, which yeah. is something that just doesn't happen. Because again, if you wanted to speak to another gay person, it was probably through some sort of slightly shady website where it was like, hi, how are you? Dick pick. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, this yeah. is, I guess this is what being gay is like. It so it, that kind of weird up and down where it's like you're connection with another queer person mm. was probably through sex so yeah. it's like it's nice that there are well hopefully there are um mm-hmm. uh, i don't know people don't feel i guess it's just more out in the open now yeah. again that thing of like but uh, it's it's that thing like what i said about you know queerness is that's not for the children who can't be teaching them about this mm-hmm. and that and that but it's like well of course because then you know when we were younger it's like oh actually yeah the gay experience is all about sex yeah, and it yeah. is you know casual and it Teach is this them and it is because that they'll learn something different exactly yeah, so absolutely. it's like if you do mm. just open it up and you know have it very normal and like like Hartsoff was such a lovely example of just and like love simon did you see that, that i have not seen love simon oh my no. god so love simon such a lovely film 
Really? Well, the guy, oh, man, he's just so handsome as well. The guy that plays <laughs> it. Um, what's his name um, in real life? In real life. Um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. But anyway, he is an, um, it's an amazing film and um, it's very much like Heartstopper. Yeah. And I think what was really lovely about that film is because we'd watched, if you watched Call Me By Your Name, you'd never seen Call Me By Your Name? No, I've been really bad with gay films recently. You have been very like well, that's quite old, but you've, you have been quite like busy, I guess, on the circuit. But like, call me by your name is. Have you seen it? Um, and an, sorry, and and the invisible person on the podcast. <laughs> you Ant's, keep turning around, being like, Ant's, yeah, Ant's <laughs> nodding. Um, so, call me by your name is like beautiful because it's it's set in Italy for mm-hmm. one. So the the scenery is just stunning. Yeah, and then like the 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 parents. Excuse me, I've got a cough again. <clears throat> My goodness. The parents are, um, can we edit that out, Julian, in some way? Um, the parents are like um, really lovely and they're really open-minded and he falls in love with this older guy and yeah. and they have this real deep connection. But it's utterly heartbreaking at the end because it's at a time where he has to, the older guy has to leave. So he's gone to this house for like the summer to kind of like do like a, I don't know, like a museum exhibition or something. Right. And... Um, Elio is just heartbroken, Aww. and there's an ep- like he's at the it ends with him by the fire just crying, and you're just like, God, every gay film is just so depressing. Whereas Love Simon is a bit like Heartstopper. It's like you know they're at school, they're they're coming out, they they have the fairground experience. It's, and we watched it, and we were a bit like, is this a bit too polished? And then my other half said. Do you know what? It's actually really refreshing to see a film that, that doesn't about, have yeah. such a depressing ending because actually not all queer stories are like that. Yeah. Yes, there have been a lot of difficult stories for a lot mm-hmm. of queer people which are you know portrayed in film, but actually that's not every story. So yeah. a bit like Heartstopper, it's nice to see things that are you know, so different and, um, well, just actually like on par with every other love exactly. story that you like, we Again, like I think about this with Heartstopper, it's that thing of like, it doesn't have to be like this tragic story where one's got a big secret and it's all this and it's all that. It's like, they were just, you know, and like, I remember getting angry with Heartstopper about how kind of, obviously he had his struggles, or, um, mm. what's his name, Nick? Nick, yeah. Nick was kind of questioning and stuff, but it didn't dwell on it. It was just like, okay, he thinks he might be gay. Oh, maybe he's bisexual. Okay, cool. And then that was it. It was just yeah. like, yeah, that's fine. Because yeah. that happens as well. It wasn't this huge thing that, you know, it wasn't this big trauma. Yeah. Um. So I'm. it, it, it just, yeah, it gave me that kind of nice hope of like, hope okay, actually maybe future. it is mm-hmm. just that some kids wake up and go, oh, maybe it's this. Oh, and that's okay as well. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there isn't... Yeah. yeah, have open conversations about it and not feel shame exactly. and not feel that you're like the only person. Yeah, I really enjoyed the way. Like uh, again, I don't. I've not seen the the coming out bit with the mum, mm-hmm. but like her constantly asking, like, "Oh, so have you got a girlfriend?" That sort of thing. And I was like, I kind of, I was sat there thinking, like, I wonder if there are other parents clocking that and being like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't be asking these questions. No. Maybe we should be should be asking like." Do you have a partner? Is there anyone you're interested in? Because that kind of like yeah. assumed heterosexuality is just as like yeah. damaging and that kind yeah. of thing of like, you know, I'll go, I hope one day no one has to come out and it's just a yeah. a nice thing. I'm terrible in my shows if I <laughs> straight people are there. I'm like, so when did you realise you were straight? Yeah, <laughs> but, but again, it goes back to that whole, you wouldn't ask that question. Exactly, so just, like yeah. what? You yeah, know, I, keep, there's, I, I think there's a big talk on lines with discourse at the moment about that kind of like, it's the whole don't say gay thing in America. Yeah. Where there's loads of examples of how it's like, okay, so sexuality is uh, a bad thing, unless it's heterosexuality, in mm. which case, like, you're, you know, there's like,
like babies t-shirts that say ladies man and it's like and then there's like parents being like oh they're going to be so in love when they're old and it's like these are two babies like yeah. on, you know yeah this but is just could ridiculous could dare talk about them possibly being gay because that's completely wrong you know? I know no but, I completely agree I completely, and, and you know I have got friends that are kind of talking about their you know children they're like oh they could have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you know, oh, and they kind of and, that, and, that, and that's that's lovely that's really really nice but um yeah I, I think you're right though more shows like that will just kind of enhance the yeah. people's ability to be a bit more open-minded so i guess this kind of touches on to like allyship as well and this is a question i've asked all of the guests around allyship so that's a real big thing for me like i think it's really important to have allies outside of the community but actually for me i think we all have a responsibility to try and be allies or be allies within yeah, the community absolutely so trans allies non-binary allies bi allies you know so how how important is allyship to to you and um what has your experiences been with with allyship would you say um god i remember when i was younger i think i might have been about 18 and i heard someone being racist and something just like clicked inside me and i was like it was a gay person as well mm-hmm. and i was like how can you be racist and be gay like mm-hmm. how can you ask for equality for this yeah. type of person and not everyone like equality means equality Absolutely. and so it like really like it really enraged me at the time of being like well, i don't understand like what why do you get off doing this because mm-hmm. you know you're there being like yeah gay rights but not not you not you yeah, over there yeah. like just i don't know and i think i kind of had that awakening moment of being mm-hmm. like you know we we don't have equality until everyone has everyone's equality. equal so you know we like we've got great yeah equal marriage is great and you know mm-hmm. gay people can adopt and stuff but the whole sort of discourse with trans rights at the moment and jk rowling and stuff it's like no we like no job's not done no, like you no. know us us cis white gays having a fabulous time now um but you know we there's still so much to do and i yeah. think the that's what the community as such yeah um it's all about it, privilege isn't it as well i think it's exactly and, and people look at that word and think oh privilege i feel really bad but it's not about that it's just recognizing your privilege like, oh acknowledging it and then and then realizing what you can do with your privilege yeah um and and yeah, just being an ally. Like yeah. I think there are times in probably all of our lives where we've really needed an ally, mm-hmm. and they probably someone's come through, or hope they've come through. And so if I can do that for someone else, Absolutely. then that's you know that's the least I can do is just you know. Yeah. So and you probably yeah. do that as well, just without even realizing it, by someone coming to your show, you being yourself, being really authentic, and giving everyone a good time. If that person gets to escape whatever's going on in their day Absolutely. for that moment, that's that's a form of allyship, isn't it? They're in a safe space where they feel seen, heard, and recognised for who yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, it's that visibility thing. Mm. I know it's like uh, the term visibility gets thrown around quite a lot, but it is so important. Like, if you can go out into the world and not feel like you are on your own mm. and you are the only person that's like you. Like, obviously, we thrive off of being individuals, but that's mm-hmm. something that comes a little bit later where you're like, oh, actually, fuck everyone else. Like, I'm yeah. going to wear this and I'm going to say that and I'm going to do this. But, like, you know, when you're not as sure of yourself, yeah. you just want to find someone that you relate to. Absolutely. and that, You know, and, like, when, when I'm doing a show, I want to make sure, like, I'm that campus thing in the room so that mm-hmm. everyone else can take like a little I know like I was constantly camp shamed and like when I, when I was younger so I was yeah. like okay well fine like yeah. I'm going to be the campus person in the room so that if there's someone there that doesn't quite feel comfortable with being camp they go mm-hmm. oh look at that mm-hmm. silly man mm-hmm. like you know so it's uh, Do you know I remember this just popped in my head about yeah. being camp shamed I remember being about 12 and I went to a, um, a then friend's mother's um, birthday party I think it was their 40th you wore a lovely hat, didn't you? I did. I had a lovely, a lovely hat with one of those black nets at the front, you know, like Madge Bishop and Neighbours. No, and um, I remember their auntie calling me 
Dale Winton in a really derogatory way. I was 12. Wow. 12 years old. Wow. And I remember at the time just feeling that shame. Like, okay, but you I've probably been, didn't know why, did you? No, but I've been called out for being different. Someone's making a comment yeah, about me. And absolutely. then obviously then through school, those kind of comments or just general, you know, mm-hmm. you're queer, you're a perf, whatever, just always just a constant kind of thing. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, you know, fine. It's, it is what, yes, I was, but actually, um, I'm fine with that now. So actually, I can I can live my best life. But actually, when you're 12 and, and you're that kind of age yeah. and you're shamed like that, that does something well, to you. Well, it stuck with you. It, well, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I had the same. Like, where someone, like, people were calling me gay way before I'd even thought anything yeah. to do with that. Like, I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. I clearly loved the Teletubbies. Like, I was a very gay child. Um, but... Like I wasn't gay as in like, you know, out having sex with other men. Like no. I was I was a little boy. I yeah. just happened to be really camp. Yeah. Um being and, yourself. You're and just being myself, exactly. Yeah. And then the, it it became that thing of like it you're shamed for it for no reason by random adults. And you're like, who the fuck are you? What's going on? Yeah. Um but yeah, so I don't know where we were going with That's, that. But, but, but I just think it's about the whole thing about that kind of stuff just sticks with you. And it's mm. like people have, you know, that adult, that woman who did that, you know. That, what a horrible person, quite frankly. Yeah, like, to make a child also, prob- feel that way. Has probably lived the rest of their life not even thinking about what they said. No, exactly. Those little things that you that go... that privilege where you don't have to worry about it. do not have to worry about no. that. You're never going to think about that again. And, you know, it's no. a flippant comment that you think is fun because that's what you've been taught. But yeah. again, like the, the visibility thing, I, I talk about EastEnders quite a lot. I think I was clearly <laughs> raised on EastEnders. And all the kind of gay storylines that would happen were these big shameful moments where, like, one was having an affair. Tony with and a, Simon? Yes, exactly. Like, the gay kiss on telly like I remember mm. my dad like tutting and turning it over and then it being in the papers about how many complaints there were and stuff and it's like oh oh okay well that's teaching me that this is not a good thing so yeah. fine because Tiffany like, was with si- Tiffany was with Tony and Simon was her brother and Tony and Simon then had an affair wow. in EastEnders it's that was that was the 90s yeah <laughs> yeah. She, yeah I remember that yeah I remember when she died as well <gasps> oh yeah she you know why they killed her off because she wanted to, apparently she asked for some time off to pursue her music career. And they just went. <laughs> yeah, you're done. That's, that's, you're the done. One, that's the one question. We're running ask. you over. And then she Sorry. released, um, what was it? This, this is, is my, my moment. <laughs> this is my perfect. Uh, yeah, I still remember that song. Yeah. Again, very gay child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay, I love I, Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> I have to go back though. To, you just mentioned Spice Girls. Yeah. Because you did an amazing Spice Girls medley on Saturday night. Yeah. And I loved your Mel C, A Viva Forever moment because... <laughs> Me screaming. <laughs> it's just awesome. But Viva Forever is probably my favourite Spice Girls ballad. And... Oh, I'm so glad. You know, I put that one in. I had to become one in there. And then I... Basically, the first draft of the Spice Girls melody that I do was about 17 or 18 minutes long. <laughs> I had to just cut bits out, which was like... as a huge Spice Girls fan. I was like, we can't get rid of this bit. That's no. a really important part of the song. Um, but yeah, no, Viva Forever, I... I I don't know. There was some, there's something nice about the Viva Forever sort of moment. It was it was nice that it was about friendship and. and Have you seen being... the Wembley gig at ninety eight? Uh, no, I used to have the Istanbul gig on VHS. That was, yeah, I would watch. So they all did the, the time. Ni- ninety eight. So that was the start of the tour in ninety seven, and then ni- September ninety eight the next year was. I'm such a fan. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Whereas the Wembley Stadium, that was the finale of the tour, where the Whoa. two girls were pregnant, I- and then they do Viva Forever on that, and it's like they're all wearing like oh white outfits, God. and then Melcy does like Spice Girls Forever, and it's kind of like it's just amazing. It's such a yeah. I need. I'm yeah. gonna go home and watch that. It's I really I good make gig. my housemates um, watch the. We've watched the Istanbul one 
And I, I was like, okay, listen, we can turn this off at any time, but this is a very important like yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. I used to watch this all the time. Yeah. And we'd, we'd watched it. They were both transfixed, just watching it like, wow, this is But that's is so not the good. full gig. So that that's an edited video. The so Istanbul you, one, yeah. You can so tell if you watch the Wembley one, you've oh. got like about 10 more songs. Oh my God. And they do like We Are Family at the end. And, um, Love that. Do they do the um, Saturday Night Divas? That's that's an underrated no, banger that is. That is, yeah. Get down, Elvis. get deeper and down. Oh no, I'm thinking of the other one. You, Lady, I, is a, Lady is a Vamp. They do Lady is a Vamp. Yeah, oh, yeah they do that. And they have like um, canes and they do like a click thing with the... Oh God. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh my do God. That. Yeah. That's, that's such a good gig. And like, something kind of funny is probably one of my favourite tracks on the first album. What do you think of the third album? Uh, what Holler? Forever. No, Forever. Forever. That's the one with Holler on it. Is yeah. the one without Jerry? No, nah, yeah. lost interest. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just they tried to go too polished and R and B. They worked with like Rodney Jerkins. It and... was a whole different direction for them. I didn't like any of their newer stuff. No. I was like, oh, and it felt like so. It felt like um, the Spice Girls kind of made a massive splash, and they were the driving force in pop music. When they started the first two albums, it was like everyone was looking at them, yeah. like, what does pop music sound like? It sounds like this. Whereas then when they came back for their third one, it was like they were going, they were asking, what does pop music sound like? Oh, let's do this because yeah. that's what everyone else is doing. And it just, it didn't feel as genuine and authentic. And they lost that kind of like the girl power thing was such a huge, well, like... Jerry was such a driving force. So, so they and I have had this conversation. Her album... Um, it's, uh, something, excuse me, if you want to go faster. No, uh, no in the... is it syn- um, synchrophonic? Schizophonic. The one with her, with the pushing the car. Good looking. Bad taste in. I love that song. So that's their third album. Because if you think about it. Yes, it is. Oh my God. Jerry was, and if you think like Machico Latino and Lift Me Up, they were all kind of like, I mean, I think she worked with a lot of the Spice Girls, like Biff and all those kind of people that did a lot of the stuff. So I think that would have been a perfect album. But like Mel C was out of the, she just, she recorded all her stuff like separately for the album. No, she didn't want to be in it. And there's some good tunes on it. Um, but I mean, Goodbye is probably the, the best one on there. Well, the single. Yeah. And it's all right. It's a bit wet. A bit... Look for the rainbow in every storm. I love I that song. No, I did really like when they did the Tesco advert. I think that's one of the best things that they've done. Oh yeah, you know, when the they one. did the reunion. <laughs> the, the Christmas shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all hiding like yeah. different, just the idea of these like, I know there was something really great about seeing them again and yeah. seeing them a little bit older and they kind of like, because they were shopping in Tesco's, which is like, my mum shops in Tesco. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yes, of course, Victoria Beckham shops in Tesco. It was just nice to see them all. Yeah. It was just a good moment. Favourite Spice Girl song ever then? And we'll end it on that one. Oh, oh, it probably is Who Do You Think You Are. I love that one. I really love that it's one. It's a banger. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the 2019 gig at Wembley? The tour? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, that was a that was a good moment. No, with that one. I cannot believe I like. I really hope they. I I don't want to go to one without Jerry. No, without Victoria. Um, I don't think she'll do it again. There's rumor that they're going to do another another reunion tour. They are. It's not a reunion if you've only just done one. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, they always planted, but COVID hit. They were going to do Australia, but if they do uh, it, we'll go. But they've said that uh, to Australia. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no. They no, said that Victoria Beckham might come back. Might, they were, but they say this all the time. I saw them in 2007 at the reunion tour, yeah. And every time she sung, the crowd went mental. And there's a really great video on YouTube. God, I clearly spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, it's the Victoria's Secret fashion show, and the oh, Spice yeah. Girls would do it. Have you seen stop. the video? They did stop, they did stop. And the, where the way people go crazy for Victoria, who barely does anything, by the way, she just walks forward doing her one just line, like a, like a show. and every obviously they're in the fashion world there, yeah. but they go wild for, for yeah, yeah, yeah they were miming on that one though 
Were they? Yeah, they're not singing live. I though. firmly believe that the Spice Girls never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. I tell you what, the gig I've just, the last tour, and I will definitely end the Spice Girls here. The last tour, they, I mean, they were very good. I think Jerry's lost it a bit. She's too serious now. Just, she's I very think whoever, and... yeah, I think this, I think about Jerry Halliwell quite a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> there's a big picture, two big pictures of her in my room. Um, and I think Ginger Spice was a character, mm-hmm. um, really good one. Yeah. And like the whole like pinching Prince Charles's bottom, yeah. like all that sort of stuff was so great and such a well-rounded character. And I think the reason why she left, she had to give up being that character because yeah. the person that we see now is not Ginger Spice no. at all. That She died in the Look At Me video. She did, yeah. Um, and then Jerry Halliwell, it's just they're not even Jerry Halliwell anymore. Like so there's nothing, I look at that woman and I'm like, who, who are you? Yeah, she's like, just like... I, I knew Ginger Spice and Jerry Halliwell. Yeah. She was a dear friend of mine when I was six years old. Yeah. And now I'm like, not sure. She When not, they did the gig, she was just very reserved and very... She was almost like in her head the whole time. That's such a shame. Yeah, but Mel C carried them. I mean, she, all her, I all bet her she harmonies did. were just like, it was all just Mel C. He's my favourite, I have to say. I, I love Mel and Lizzie. Oh Eight solo God. albums, she's amazing. Eight solo albums? Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, actually, the, um, the me and a few friends of mine were in the Ab Fab movie. I'm just name-dropping. We were wow. extras, it's fine. If you pause it at a very certain point, you can see my wig, and that's it. Amazing. <laughs> but Emma Bunton was in it as well. So at the premiere, um, I didn't see her like close up, but um, my friend who was a really big fan waved and went, oh, what, no, what did she say? Oh, oh, that's it. Yeah, um, she waved, just like, Emma, darling, hi. And apparently she just rolled her eyes and turned around. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. They're on the circle now on Netflix. They are? Is her it her? Oh, that's quite camp, isn't it? Well, Mel, uh, Mel, Mel B in her new face. She needs, she, I know, she's had so much surgery. <laughs> she's a different woman. I know, she is. Yeah. She's, and she needs the money, doesn't she, as well? But she's literally doing everything. Oh. She lost all that money, didn't she? Bless her. Anyway, let's move on. We need to move on. Sorry. No, no, it's You're fine. I love it. I got lo- two Spice Girls fans talking to about the we Spice need to, Girls. We need to do this over a drink, maybe with a, a soundtrack. We'll, yeah, Absolutely. We'll, we'll do it another time. So I've got a quick fire round for you. And okay. then this, and then. Really bad at these. No. I think it, well, well, everyone says that, but they kind of come up with some good answers. Okay, panic. So, queer icon. Queer icon. Oh, my God. I Probably uh, Freddie Mercury, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah Musically, something. anyway, at least there's something. Mm. Yeah, did really wonderful things and the look as well. Pretty cool. Mm. Um, queer anthem. Oh, no, it's so hard. It's gonna be I am what I am, isn't it? Everyone sings. That, it's that. They? It's yeah. that. It's like there's no drag shows complete unless someone sings I am what I am. And why does it? So does everyone take their wig off because it's almost like they're laying bare? Is that what it is? I think so. I don't take my wig off. No, um, but a lot of people do, don't they? A lot of the queens. Take oh, their wigs yeah, off. they all do. Yeah. Um. I think it is that thing. I think it's like an old tradition. Yeah. It might even be that it's to do with uh, Le Cajon Follet, which is... The, wait, did I just... <laughs> I never know whether to say things in like the accent that they're written in or you sound like an idiot. It turns out I chose idiot. But um, it, yeah, I think it might be to do with that. Okay. It's like a, I don't know, tradition, but yeah. Okay. Take off their wig. Take off the wig. <laughs> yeah. It goes. And like underneath, it's like, no, far too sweaty. And also, I don't paint my forehead, so you just see where the line is. A line, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Because <laughs> you've got obviously your bowl wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't even do eyebrows. You can tell if I'm in a rush because my wig is down here. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it down like a hat. Pull it down, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, scale of one to 10, um, 10 being the highest. Right. How much does your tinky winky, tinky winky costume smell after a kick? Seven. Seven. But I don't wash it every gig. Well, I have to say, uh, the pads need washing more than the costume. I've seen your um, your Instagram, like in the in the bath with your pads. Yeah, it's a whole process. But like the tights, so basically underneath 
the costume is like three layers of tights. Okay. Um, so not to be too graphic, but that's kind of where the sweat goes. Right. Because it's got to get through a lot of foam and a lot of nylon before yeah. it actually touches the yeah. the the outfit. Um, wow, bless but, you. Yeah. If you're doing like, like three gigs a day, you must like, it's my warm. God. Yeah. yeah, it must be really. What is nice is if the pads are clean, I can um, use them as a pillow on public transport. <laughs> <laughs> Which also means no one sits next to me because I look fucking nuts. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Um, Favourite movie of all time? All time? Mm. Oh, Chicago. Oh, good <laughs> I was tossing up between Mean Girls and Chicago. I love Mean Girls, but I think... Um, I very much understand that that's a time and a place thing and the more people I meet the more I see that different generations have their own version of Mean Girls yeah. like Heathers yeah, and yeah. there's one oh there's a newer one something A Easy A or something they're all okay. good films um, but yeah Mean Girls was my one I moved house at one point and I didn't have any internet for two weeks and all I had was the Mean Girls DVD so I watched just every night just, uh, there was nothing else to do Mean Girls again I was like oh I'll just watch Mean Girls again it's fine amazing. I've deleted scenes as well but, yeah. oh amazing yeah have you watched them um, I've watched the deleted scenes I've seen the film oh the outtakes a long time that's ago. it yeah. yeah I was going to say um, I love Chicago have you watched Burlesque yes oh my god Burlesque is so camp yeah Burlesque is extremely camp I um, I put that in the kind of same realm as like Showgirls, uh-huh. where it's like, oh my god, Showgirls! I have a big Showgirls poster as well. Um, it's so like it's one of those. It's not so bad. It's good because I, I can't find fault with it apart from it's just a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Showgirls, the way she's so intense, and it's like it's like when she came onto set, the actress I forgot her name from Saved by the Bell became uh-huh. weird. Um, it's like the director went good, but do it more. And more, more, more. <laughs> Give me more. And they like wound her up to like, isn't it not to 10? She was on like a 500 or something. Like okay. the moment when she just sits down. You've seen Showgirls, right? Never seen it. Oh, okay. I know. I need okay, to, you I've need been to told see this. this. A lot. Yeah. Oh my God. She literally, she's just sitting down for a casual like drink and some chips and she like slams the chips on the table so hard that they like blow up. And then like the drinks, but this is nothing to do with the story. She's just like, that's just how she goes about her daily life, being this angry. Within the first five minutes, there's like, she's threatened someone that knife point. She's like, punched this woman. And then like the scene just snaps. And then suddenly she's living with this woman in a caravan. And it's like, what is happening? It's it, it's honestly, okay, maybe Amazing. Showgirls is my favourite film. Okay, yeah. I should say you sold that more than Mean Girls. Sorry, Showgirls. I think it's because Showgirls, maybe it's a bit less known. Um, I could probably watch Showgirls um I don't know. Chicago is good. This is hard. I also really love... Chicago is amazing. Chicago is really good. But no, I, I think I'm going to have to do Chicago's this weekend, maybe. I think you I, should. Because told me loads to watch And that. please let me know how what you think about okay, it. I'll do. Um, and be prepared to watch it again a few days later, because it's that kind of thing where you go, no, did that really happen? Did that, yeah. <laughs> did that really happen? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's going to be good. I need to do that. Um... These next two we've covered. Heart stopper, thumbs up, thumbs down. It's a thumbs up. Oh, thumbs, uh, thumbs up, up, absolutely. Spice Girl song was Who Do You Think You Are? That yeah. was another question. Um, ballad or banger? Oh, oh, I might say a ballad. Ooh. I love it. I know. I think, although I would never sit and listen to a ballad. I'm thinking in the context of a show, I love watching someone perform a ballad really well. Love that. You can get really emotional with a ballad. Yeah, well, and I love you? the power of it. Mm. I also love like a good power ballad. Like, like if I'm... DJing like a whole night I will sometimes put 
like just power ballads on for the last like half hour, 40 minutes. Because like, I don't know, when I went to school discos, slow songs were at the end. They were. And I learned that. I'm like, we dance, we dance, we dance. Now we take a moment to all Let's get together. Let's break it down yeah. a little bit. And like totally clips of the heart, oh, like um, without you, um, my heart will go on. These old like big bangers that like, like I think a power ballad is a banger. Yeah, but, um, My heart will go on is my favourite karaoke song. Well, that and Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I got to stand there. How do you feel about um, ballads that have been remixed into dance songs? Um, I don't mind them, actually, if they're if they're done well. I don't think they're ever really done well. Mm. That's the thing. What was... Name one and then we... My Heart Will Go On. Did they do that so... No, just like a... There's always some sort of remix, probably on like a G.A.Y. album compilation yeah. or something. But like, there's a... And you hear there's um like Adele remixes and stuff and it's kind of like oh actually you're right they are a bit shit aren't they I'm always like we yeah, didn't yeah. need the trance beat behind this yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. fine as it was yeah, and it like go. if you want to play it in the club commit play the play the original track you know yeah, we don't yeah. need like a who's going to dance around to like yeah. set fire to the rain yeah. like oh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know yeah. I, yeah sorry I threw the question back to you then no that's no I think that's really interesting <laughs> but I do love a, I love the power of a ballad though when you watch someone oh. really poor ballad and they really get into it and... meatloaf like like that kind of oh, what's the I would do anything for love yeah. there's something also like inherently extremely camp about a power ballad yeah like really camp and like the kind of I love the 80s music video the wind machines like yes. and like uh, the uh, X Factor in its heyday which was like did, yeah you know, every single person in the world was watching this one moment and like watching Alexander Burke and Beyonce like bash out oh, listen, listen together yeah. it's like ah oh, like a ballad would be and even like Cher Lloyd do you remember Cher Lloyd well, she did um Stay, Stay by the Shakespeare Sisters. It was like I think about machine. that at the wind, and she was sat on this tree, and she was like, "Whoo!" Like off. Yeah. And she was really, she was really quite emotional on that as well, wasn't she? She was. She was like, uncle. "Well done, Pet. That was fantastic." Well <laughs> <laughs> but like, then she really swagger dagger. But like, yeah, that like, swagger dagger. Oh yeah, swagger dagger. Yeah. Oh my god. So I said swagger dagger. That's a different <laughs> song. Swagger dagger. <laughs> yeah. Coffee again. Um. No. I, I. Yeah. X Factor back in the day. Oh. That was proper. I, I was, 20 million viewers. I would say thing. that it was um, probably the peak of British television, I think. Maybe mm. the peak of television. No, not worldwide. But like that Beyonce and um, yeah. Alexandra Burke moment, I don't think we will ever have anything like that again. Yeah. And then we didn't. It's like they were building up to it and then that happened and it's like, ah. Uh, and then I you it. had Matt Coddle serenading Rihanna, which, mm, no, which was kind weird. of go well. It was just odd. It <laughs> was, was, she was like, who is this Stacey dude? Sullivan and Michael Bublé. I'm like, listen. Yeah. Alexandra Burke had Beyonce oh, no. and she was sobbing through it. Like, absolutely <laughs> sobbing. When I do uh, my... <laughs> You're my yeah. hero. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When I do my... Um, she went with Whitney Houston, I always like embody Alexander Burke and like <laughs> getting really emotional that Houston's on the stage. Um, very clearly very inspired by that moment. There was um, a really moment actually, actually really quin- cringe on the X Factor, which is when Christina sung with uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who I love Rebecca Ferguson. I love Rebecca Ferguson. She's the, amazing. What a weird combo because Rebecca's like voice was so soft and gorgeous and like soulful and then Christina's just yelling. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and she kind of like, she came up and then she just looked at, uh, looked at Rebecca and just yeah. kind of was like, gave her a look and then I didn't know you were here she looked really nervous and I was like this just doesn't go like this just isn't 
There was something so genuine that they clearly tried to recreate over and over again with yeah. Alexander Burke and Beyonce. Like Alexander Burke was overwhelmed with emotion at how yeah, yeah, yeah. it like this moment was happening. You could tell it meant so much to her, yeah. and like it was that passion that kind of clearly tipped her into the win. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And she also kept up with Beyonce, which is great. But I don't think anyone thinks about that moment and goes, "Yeah, Alexander Burke sung really well." They were like, "No, Alexander Burke, like, yeah, was, was crying in that moment. moment, and like this, the moment itself was was so good." And then like to have just like Christina Aguilera like come up and like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my yeah, she's, okay. yeah just kind of, I think yeah. um, at the Alexandra Burke and uh, uh, um, Beyonce moment, she actually Alexandra Burke reminds me of Kelly Rowland at that moment because she's got like a deeper voice, and, yeah. so, and Kelly had a deeper voice in Destiny's yeah. Child. So they've kind of got this like good Destiny's Child harmony kind of yeah. going on. So anyway, we we digress, but very good. Apparently, one more thing. Okay. Apparently, the. Um, it was all. It all didn't go to plan. That like vocally between them, because Alexander missed a bit, which Beyonce then filled in, which they meant they kind of swapped parts. Yeah. And there's a bit that Alexander like improvised on the day that they then put into the listen um, oh. when it's on the West End. Oh. Um, that they were like, oh, that was quite good. Actually, well, I know Alexander they had to Burke. negotiate the bit as well because you know the bit she goes, um, uh, "You're more than what uh, a maid or uh, me." Yeah. They that Beyonce loves singing that bit, and Alexander likes singing that. So that's when they both did it together. Oh. Oh, God. Read that in Heat magazine. There you go. <laughs> um, so, Brighton Pier or Stay Clear? Oh, I love a good trip to the pier. Like, yeah. I do. I like an arcade. I like it. It's visual, isn't it? And it's mm. fun. And there's always like fun music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love the pier. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Chippies on the pier. Chippies on the pier. And there's a really gorgeous little venue down the end of the pier called Horatio's, which is a really cute little pub. Oh, nice. Um, with a little stage and stuff. I'd love to do a show there. Oh, amazing. See, there's so many places I've not even, like, Oh, yeah, head down yet. there. Okay. Um, to do. I don't think I've been on a ride for a long, long time. I just no. sort of mill around. I'm one of those annoying people that's yeah. <laughs> just there for the chips. Yeah, oh, um, chips, yeah. A couple of, you know, You're brave. Two chips on machines. the pier with seagulls. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Have, yeah. You ever, have, you, have you been in Brighton long enough to have uh, to be slapped by a seagull and have your lunch? Stolen. Um, no, but last year on the beach, a lady decided to eat chicken nuggets on the beach and a seagull actually landed on her head yeah, and stole it. They are ruthless. I've genuinely, and I, I forget, and it's like, like I've lived here seven years now and still I'll like walk out of Tesco thinking everything's fine and then suddenly I think I'm being attacked and it's because I am but it's a seagull, it's a seagull. and they've literally they do this they just slap you on the back of the head and you're like what and then they reach around and grab your sandwich and you're like well, that's that gone and I, then like you can tell other Brighton locals look at you like well, you should have known better. Have known. Come then, on, how long have you been here? Exactly. Come on, come on. They're like, you're not from round here, are you? <laughs> I saw actually on your Instagram the um, uh, your seagulls. Oh, the seagulls at my your, old house. Your pot plants, and I thought that was really cool. They, really I just moved in, and I thought I was being really cute by putting I had this, like a little thing outside my window, like an extended window. I don't know, whatever. The top of the window below. Why am I explaining this so much? I put some pot plants on there to yeah. try and make it look nice, and then the seagulls just came and fucked it up. Oh my god! Um, but I, they would just stick around for so long that I'd like open my blinds in the window, and they'd be there with like one in their mouth, and I'm like, whoa! And then it flies off, and I'm like, what? What do you want with my tiny little cactus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Building a home somewhere. Exactly. Sits on that cactus and has a nice time. Love the seagulls. (laughs) And finally, four famous people, dead or alive, you'd have dinner with? Shirley Bassey. Okay. Um, Oh, George Michael. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, He's got, I think there's a film coming out this year about him. Oh, is there? I think so. Another biopic. Good. Oh, that's good. I've been enjoying the biopics that have been coming out Mm. recently. Um,. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is hard. Dead or alive, it would probably have to be Freddie Mercury as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And maybe Princess Diana. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. me and Ant love You're Princess right. Diana. <laughs> well, I'm still not over it. 25 years this year. Is it only 25 years? 97. Oh my God. I remember it. I remember waking up uh, really early in the morning and my mum watching telly and I was like, what's going on? And she was like, sit down, you need to watch this. And I was like, I remember remember crying watching her funeral. Like I didn't, no, I didn't know her personally, but just seeing the like, Everyone crying. Oh my God. Uh, John was there, of course. Um, But yeah, the... um, yeah, just seeing everyone so upset and you could really just feel how important this woman was to yeah, everyone. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, I watched Spencer the other week with um, Kristen Stewart. I've not seen that yet. Is it good? Oh, no. It's okay. I, I think mean, I get a bit nervous to watch these things just in case they shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very bleak. I mean, it's very much about kind of like the sad story of her life and, you oh. know, the bulimia and the royal family and all that kind of stuff. And I think the it's better, her portrayal in The Crown is probably better, I would say. Uh, have you seen Diana the Musical on Netflix? Um. <laughs> No, I haven't. But I've 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 seen it advertised. I don't dare watch it. <laughs> Worth a watch, honestly. Is it really? Uh, is um, I, I think I couldn't tell. We watched it, and I because I really I quite enjoy bad things. That I know are going to be bad, and I get, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We get to laugh along. Um, but this one, it kind of went. I was hooked for some reason when it came to the second half. Like uh, Paul, is it Paul Burrell? Yes, is his name. Paul yeah. Burrell's Paul Burrell has a song uh, where he's like picking out which dress she's going to wear, and it's. <laughs> Um, okay, and then she has a moment where she like punches a mirror and then it's 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 not a good musical let me tell you but it is absolutely worth a watch I don't know who thought it was a good idea to make Diana the musical I mean it's just like this is I just don't get it I find the Diana thing a bit uh, much because like her immediate family is still very much alive like I think yeah. doing historical like biopics and stuff or people that have commissioned it themselves but it's like it's like the um, Judy Garland one which is an amazing film which is such a shame but apparently Liza Minnelli didn't approve of it oh, okay. and, and basically said please don't make this like this is about my mum yeah. and like you know uh, really I don't want to watch that mm. you know uh, but I guess I celebrities are, exactly um, <laughs> but public property and all that sort of thing is a whole different conversation but yeah. Diana the Musical is uh um, it's just good. So my, no, my good. I don't want to see that. In case you haven't watched it, was a quote from the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Oh. HBO. That's worth a watch. Okay. Just that's like a reality sitcom. I'm really enjoying Lisa Kudrow. Every now and then, just pops up, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, she's in this. Yeah. Great. What was it? Um, I watched uh, Feel Good May Martin's series. There's two. There's two series of it. I think it's called Feel Good. Um, but that's really good. Yeah. That's a nice kind of queer storyline. Um, and it's, again, it's like the queerness isn't like the, it's not about being queer. It mm-hmm. just so happens that lots of the characters are queer and it's, mm-hmm. it's a really good mm-hmm. series. But Lisa Kudrow plays a mum or something and they go and visit the mum and you're like, oh, it's Lisa from Friends. Oh, no, not Lisa. What's her name? Phoebe. Lisa? Who's Lisa? Phoebe from Friends. Oh, Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a real yeah, name. Yeah. It's Phoebe from Friends. But yeah, she always kind of plays the slightly unhinged mother character pops up somewhere doesn't she yeah. she's good um i could carry on talking to i'm you so sorry forever I but right this is it. no no it's amazing but um i think this is probably the longest podcast we've done but oh, um, i'm so I'm, sorry no. is that the time what is that yeah um i don't know we've um, not been talking for two hours and 32 we, minutes have no we? we haven't we haven't but um i don't care that it's long I'm, i don't want to edit edit it either i think it's been a great <laughs> conversation so I'm, i want everyone to listen to it so no thank you so much for your time uh, i'm gonna cough again i'm not gonna cough again you can. They can edit it out. They can all the sorts of things. I've had a little bit of a chest infection. Oh. Um, so I have a present for you, right? Uh, to say thank you. Oh my god! And so basically, um, I 
have made everyone the same gift. Everyone who's listened to this is the fourth episode. They're going to be like, oh my God, here we go, another scarf. But I've made everyone a scarf. Wait, do you knit? or like? I've knitted a scarf. Oh my God. But I chose your colour based on like some of your outfits that I've seen <laughs> in terms of like your beiges <laughs> oh, and your kind of What? So uh, thank you so much for coming oh, on our podcast. Holy shit, wait a minute. Oh, it's, um, how do I do this? I'll just rip it open. It's the Tesco's. I don't want to. Oh. Gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow bag. I can't, yeah. I'll go take this on the bus. If there's oh, any, no. if there's any small faults, just just put it in your coat. Be fine. Um, no, there's there's not really any faults, but it's just like it's. This is so soft. It's yeah, it's merino wool. Girl, <laughs> I wish I knew what that was. <laughs> it's a really nice wool. It's a nice. Oh, it's a good wool. Yeah, good wool. But the I'm so pleased with the color <gasps> because actually that really suits you. That's because I've seen like your in I, the pub and stuff wearing yeah, beiges and stuff, and I was like, I, I got think, really into beige and browns and all natural earth tones. This is so gorgeous. Are you taking a photo? Sorry, I've completely forgot we're doing a podcast. No, it's like, fine. Have a picture, Dad. No, we'll pop it on Instagram. <laughs> Amazing. But thank you so, so, so much well, for coming you. on this podcast and giving up your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And um, I've loved every minute. Well. I know. I literally finished it this morning. I was like, I wake up. I was like, no, I, I need to didn't. do the ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Three, um, three balls of wool there. 300 grams of wool. A friend of mine knits um, pop stars. She makes little tiny. Oh, I've wow. got a little Britney Spears. It's so cute. Amazing. She's wearing the toxic um, outfit. Wow. It's, so <laughs> oh, it's, it's not so Tom Daly standards, but it's... um. I really, it's very mindful actually. I really enjoy doing it. I bet it much, is. So, I, mm. Honestly, I bet it is. Oh, yeah. oh God, this feels great. Sorry, <laughs> I can't stop touching it. I'm squeezing it. It's really thick wool as well. It's lovely, isn't it? If you can hear this, listeners at home. Oh, feel that wool. <laughs> wool couture. Mm. Yeah, they go. Oh. I'll give wool couture a plug. There you go. Everyone go to wool couture, the website. It's amazing. You can buy. Like, is that where you buy the wool? Yeah. So okay. it's like you can buy like um, blanket making kits, and you can buy scarf kits, and you can buy yeah, it's, it's Did you amazing. See Tom Daly's Willy Warmers. No. Oh my god, he put out on his Instagram like, oh, here's my new pack. It's a Willy Warmer, and it was like, but it was April first, and he was like, are you uh, joking? <laughs> I will, I will end it by saying that I did have some spare wool and I did actually make one. Have you made a woolly warmer? I have. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Alfie. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> What a fantastic conversation. Big, big thank you to Alfie for coming onto the podcast and talking with me today. Um, I loved everything about our chat. It was probably one of the longest ones that I've had so far, but it was just so relevant and so amazing to talk about so many different things. I'm also super excited that I have a fellow Spice Girls fan in the area. Um, so I will definitely be hooking up with him and having a conversation about that. But massive thank you to him and I hope you enjoy the episode. Don't forget to like this podcast, share and subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram. My address is at Fluey Actually. Thank you so much for listening to Queer I Am, the podcast. Until next time.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.